cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Chris Laporte of Reset. Chris, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. So kind of going through the process of getting the licensing, was there any sort of additional challenges that cannabis poses? Obviously, Vegas is known for Sin City and all those opportunities, but was there any sort of additional areas where, let's say, cannabis was put to the side or was it concluded just like all the other opportunities? You know, I think what was fascinating about this process, while it did take a long time to get to where we are today, our regulators were actually rather forward thinking, thankfully. So we found ourselves, you know, in a true partnership with our government officials and while there's still, you know, the, just the typical stereotypical nonsense, you know, whether secondhand smoke is going to get us all bloodshot eyes and high as a kite and, you know, just the dangers of this, that and the third. And, you know, we just were able to have a, you know, adult conversation about like, we sell a lot of alcohol in this town. We're kind of OK with that. You know, there's a lot of other things that we do here. And at the end of the day, Las Vegas knows how to regulate sin. So, you know, however you want to look at this industry, we know what we're doing in terms of kind of ensuring that it's being operated properly. So, you know, long-winded way of saying it really wasn't as hard as you'd think when you look at some of the other challenges that we've had in the past. So let's go through that process. Somebody walks in, they talk to the maitre d', they sit down at the table. Can they order through a waitress service? Do they have to bring their own? How does that work? So all cannabis will be sold within our four walls. So you are purchasing your cannabis at our venue. This is no different than me buying a beer at a bar. I don't bring, you know, my bottle of Hennessy when I go to the bar. Clearly, this is a thing that we do in cannabis sometimes, but no, that shit's done. You know, you're coming in here to buy the weed in all the different ways, shapes, and forms that we offer. You know, this is basically a very cool dispensary. And this is why I say these social use lounges become a new part of the industry is because dispensaries are going to very quickly become distribution centers the way liquor is sold through, you know, giant warehouses yeah. in the event that this takes off the way we envision. So, yes, you get, the guests are coming in to buy, you know, the cannabis as well as deciding what kind of utilization of tools and, you know, accessories, paraphernalia. We plan on having all that for you. It's a, it's a challenging balance you're in, right? Trying to cater to a specific audience, but also not to alienate certain ones, right? Because we're talking about like dabs, we're talking about bongs, but we're also talking about like bachelorette parties and bachelor parties. So how do you find that mixture and like, who take us through who you think is the ideal client customer early on and let's say two or five years from now? Music lovers. You know, I want to find something that just brings everyone together first. It's impossible as a business owner to say, I want this customer, that customer, this demographic, without just trying to find the one thing that brings everyone together. And from my perspective, that's music. And so I really want to feature, you know, as we're putting this kind of science project together, right? Like bring people together based on the love of music. And whether it's the 70s, the 80s, some new indie scene, classic hip hop, modern hip hop. I want all that in there. And then the opportunity here is, you know, the experience in the venue with said music. So there are many times where you can go in and you can hear a song, but if it's on a really high fidelity system and you're with a bunch of people around you and then you hear that song you really love and you hear things you didn't hear in it because your headphones are kind of shitty, 
You know, like suddenly like it's a whole new thing. And so I want to create that new experience where the music brings people together and they're enjoying just the whole general vibe. And then we can figure out who those customers are. And I say that because again, to go back to my insert coins days, I had people from 21 to 55 coming in. You have a guy who came in all the time. He was a lawyer in Las Vegas who played NFL Blitz. He was the biggest nerd in the world. And he's hanging out with beautiful women playing Street Fighter. And, you know, it, it was just cool. And there was no way of saying, like, how are those two demographics getting together? It was their love of video games. So for the Cannabis Lounge, you know, it's definitely the love of cannabis. But to get that to your you know, question about people outside of the our world and our you know, traditional consumer, yeah, it's going to be bringing people together via music. Another area that I really wanted to bring up was the fact that you could help some of these smaller brands get exposure to wider clientele. With Las Vegas being like the epic center of everybody from a traveling destination, people coming in might not get exposure to some of these brands. So when we talk about kind of brand growth, have any brands approach you and say, hey, Chris, we'd love to find partnerships where you can put some of our products into your store? You know, it's a great question because I don't think the cannabis industry understands just how important this is. But I like to always give history lessons. And that's Red Bull. You know, once upon a time, Red Bull was a brand new energy drink that people didn't know about. Right? And again, look at where it is today. What we saw in Las Vegas, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, when it was like the true emergence of nightlife, where, you know, the Palms Place and the Nine Group, Tao... All these groups started to open up. And what was happening were liquor companies were spending exorbitant amounts of money to get placement on their shelves. And that was a real thing. Then all of a sudden, energy drinks come out and they're doing like 3x in terms of sponsorship deals because they're trying to get their product to a younger market. And the fascinating thing about cannabis is, you know, Gen Z and is basically our new market. It's massive how normalized cannabis is for that group. I do see in the future these sponsorship deals because of the way we'll have eyeballs, whether it's, you know, in the venue itself or to your point, events, streaming events, concert events, whatever events. And it's in Las Vegas. And, you know, we have your product front and center. I do believe it's a very smart business deal. And I say that because of what I saw when Red Bull was, you know, doling out hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their product front and center. And guess what people don't talk about a lot anymore? Monster. <laughs> so, you know, the Red Bull vodka was something that really happened because of Las Vegas nightlife. And I do see that kind of replicated again as this cannabis industry becomes more hospitality-focused, social you know, use-focused, nightlife-focused, etc. So let's talk about doggy bags. So let's say I, I bought too much of a product and I want to take it home just like I have a meal and I have some leftovers. Is that possible? Do you take your drinks home from a bar? No. Thank maybe, you. maybe a bottle of wine. Is... That answers that question. Right, I mean, okay. the, the reality <laughs> is our regs do not allow for any product to leave the lounge. When's it open and when can people visit? Oh, well, I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> the, the answer is soon. I would like to see us open before 420. Absolutely. That is the goal of goals. You know, let's celebrate 420 in Las Vegas like never before. Um, that's the goal. If I'm wrong, it'll be soon after or it might be earlier. We shall see. What's the biggest challenge with setting something like this up that most wouldn't know? It's making people understand what this industry is. And I say this from this perspective. We're helping some of the social equity um, applicants as well as some independent license holders. It was a lottery. So some people, you know, just, hey, I got a license. Now what? You know, and they have a great idea. What was really fascinating was finding 
it was hard to get it capitalized, right? And just raising capital for what you think is the easiest thing in the world. Like cannabis is recession proof. Again, this is what we know. This is anecdotal though. I can probably raise more money for a traditional bar restaurant than some of our applicants can to open up one of the first cannabis lounges in the whole country. And it's that that has been probably the toughest pill to swallow is just how much people still don't see how important this market is, how how incredibly fast it will still continue to grow, and how much these lounges can be the thing that makes it grow. What's the future roadmap? Here's how I see things, right? Because Vegas has to really embrace its hospitality roots, I really want us to do this the right way, out the gates immediately to start getting that excitement again. And more importantly, the expansion into other jurisdictions. We have seen the regs for New York and New Jersey. You know, thankfully, there's a senator in California who recently announced, you know, he's introducing a bill to allow for food and beverage to be in cannabis lounges. You know, great job, everyone. <laughs> like, who would have thought that would be important? So, you know, it's kind of those things that I'm hoping that we can show, you know, how we do it. Look, no one does sports betting better than Vegas. Everyone is doing sports betting right now. They learned it from us. You know, we're kind of looking at that from a somewhat narcissistic and egotistical perspective, where if we do this the right way, we hope that other jurisdictions follow suit. Chris, do cannabis consumption lounges pose a threat to the bar industry? I love this question. Why or why not? <laughs> it absolutely doesn't because it is ingrained from the, again, it's American culture. We have to look at this from a culture perspective. We are going to watch the Super Bowl in this weekend at the time of this recording. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of commercials for beer. Thankfully, no commercials for crypto this year. But, you know, the point being is there's just centuries of, you know, drinking in our consciousness. And in due time, whether it's three or four generations, will we be a little more competitive? Yes, I believe so. So Chris, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to visit the lounge. Where can they find you? So for right now, let's just look for me at Chris of Coins on Instagram, Chris Laporte on LinkedIn. Let's just keep these conversations going because I think there's a lot that we you know, collectively have to learn from each other. Absolutely. This was fun. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, no thank doubt. You. Thank you, guys. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Tune into a major journey podcast today, where guests take listeners on journeys and immerse themselves in the roller coaster ride both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons that they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth both in their personal and professional lives. Check out A Major Journey today on all major podcast platforms.